0: Welcome to the Temple Baptist Church podcast, coming to you from Swan River, Manitoba, Canada. This week, we join Pastor Neil Effa as he preaches from Romans chapter 12, verse 1, in part 3 of an Advent sermon series called Gift Exchange, with this message from December 15th titled, Our Gift to God, Part 2.
1: When our children were young and we used the advent calendar as a way to count down and prepare for Christmas. Our advent calendar had small pockets where you could place an item and we decided that we would make the advent season a season of giving. So each day during advent leading up to Christmas, we would think of an activity that they could be involved in that would center and focus on giving. Once the kids were in bed, we would write the next day's activity on a piece of paper, put it in the pocket. And the following morning, one of the kids would pull the paper from the pocket and they would read it. Then at some point throughout the day, they were to carry out the activity. And some of the things we included were deliver a tray of cookies to the neighbors, assist with a sorting and packing of items at the Christmas cheer board, write out and deliver a Christmas card and make a visit to a shut-in. But one day we asked them to take some money from their piggy bank and give it in Sunday school as a special offering to Jesus. I recall taking one of the kids to their bedroom, getting their piggy bank, taking the cap off the bottom and shaking the coins out of the piggy bank onto the bed. My intent was to empty the contents of the piggy bank, then have them decide how much from the pile of coins they were going to give as a special offering to Jesus. However, they didn't realize my intent as they shook the coins from the piggy bank and as they fell onto the bed in a voice of panic and desperation, they said, dad, don't give him all of it. <laughs> well, after explaining that they could decide how much they wanted to give, they felt a whole lot better. But that episode of my child's bedroom reminded me that all of us child and adult alike find it difficult to let go of those things in our possession. But when it comes to following Jesus, everything needs to be handed over to him. As you may be aware, we are in a preaching series, which I have entitled gift exchange. And in the first part of the series, we talked about God's gift to us. Out of a profound love for you and me, God gave the gift of his son, Jesus. And through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we can be delivered from death to life. We can receive the free gift of eternal life. And last Sunday, we talked about our gift to God and asked, what do you give a God who has everything? According to Romans 12:1, we determined that we must give to God our worship, not just on Sundays, but 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The Apostle Paul wrote, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. According to Paul, we are to live a life of consecrated worship to God. But in order to offer acceptable worship, we must present our bodies to him as living sacrifices. In other words, like I did with that piggy bank, we must empty ourselves of everything and offer it to him. John Piper writes, the offering of our bodies is not the offering of our bodily looks, but our bodily behavior. In the Bible, the body is not significant because of the way it looks, but because of the way it acts. The body is given to us to make visible the beauty of Christ and Christ at the hour of his greatest beauty was repulsive to look at Isaiah 53 verses 2 and 3 describe him in this way. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The beauty of Christ is a beauty of love, not the beauty of looks. His beauty was a beauty of sacrifice, not skin. God doesn't demand our bodies because he wants models for Mademoiselle or Planet Muscle. He demands our bodies because he wants bodies of mercy. And then John Piper goes on to say, God wants visible, lived out bodily evidence that our lives are built on his mercy. Just as worshipers in the Old Testament denied themselves some earthly treasures, such as a sheep, a goat, a bull, and carried their sacrifices to the altar of blood and fire, so we deny ourselves some earthly treasure or ease or comfort and carry ourselves, our bodies, for Christ's sake, to the places and the relationships and the crises in this world where mercy is needed. As you read the birth narrative of Jesus, you, do, you soon discover that various individuals did precisely this. They visibly gave evidence that their lives are built on mercy. They denied themselves earthly treasure or ease or comfort. They emptied themselves of self so that the beauty of Christ could be seen. Let me share with you some examples. There is Mary. When the angel of the Lord appeared to her and patiently explained that the Holy Spirit would miraculously bring forth a child from her. And this child would be the son of God. In faith, she responded. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. When she submitted to God's plan, Mary gave her body to be the first home of the incarnate Savior. She honored and obeyed the will of her father, providing his only son a home from which he would emerge, which would he, from which he would emerge to launch the work that would define all human history. She's, she also surrendered her good reputation in order to fulfill the Lord's calling in her life. From the scriptures we know that she was a woman of the word, a woman of faith. But as a result of not being married but pregnant, she would be the brunt of ridicule, scorn, and judgment. Yet she chose to offer herself as a living sacrifice to her heavenly father. Then we can turn our attention to Joseph. He too is an example of one who lived out the reality of Romans 12:1. in shock and disbelief. Joseph had observed the obvious pregnancy of his fiancée. Mary was expected to be a virgin and premarital motherhood would be a public scandal. Everyone would wrongly assume that he was a father. Yet Matthew tells us that Joseph's intention was to gently break off the engagement. A reasonable, gracious response in such a crisis. He was practical, but he was sensitive even so. But he too received a visit from the angel of the Lord. And he was instructed to take Mary as his wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She would have a son and was to call his name Jesus because he would save his people from their sin. In obedience, Joseph stood quietly with a young virgin who in all probability would become an object of ridicule. He offered his love and protection to Mary and the child, even though he was not his own. And in so doing, he denied himself earthly ease and comfort so that God's will could be carried out. And then the shepherds imagine the wonder of that evening. One moment, the skies are dark. Next moment, angels are in their presence. Angels with amazing news. And as they left after visiting the Christ child, they told everyone in their path of the things that had happened. Or as Luke says, they returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. They shared the first personal testimony about the Messiah and then the Magi. In reading the scriptures, you soon discover the wise men relinquished the comfort of home to seek the newborn king and give him gifts worthy of royalty. They traveled from some far eastern land, probably Persia or Arabia, a long and treacherous journey. And when they arrived at that house where Mary, Joseph, and Jesus were staying, they bowed and gave to him costly gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The cast of characters from the nativity remind us of what God wants from us. He wants our entire being. So what do you, do, what do you give a God who has everything? You give him what he asks for. God wants our worship expressed through surrender and obedience.
0: Thanks for joining us. We hope we were able to provide wisdom and insight in your faith journey. If you would like to connect with us, you are welcome to join our service every Sunday morning at 1030. For more information, you can find us at facebook.com slash TBC Swan River. And if you would like to find more episodes of our podcast, go to anchor.fm slash Temple Baptist Church or search on your favorite podcast app.